Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 11 to 1 with Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Visit our showrooms or check out our new website, gilmores.ie, to see the amazing 221 range of Mercedes-Benz cars or our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here. Good morning. WhatsApp and text lines are open. If you want to get in touch, 086-1800-658. Let's kick things off with Bastille. There's Bastille with Pompeii kicking us off this Tuesday morning. Good morning. It is 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Lots to get through on the programme today. I caught up earlier on with um, the producers of a really amazing Irish language movie. I'm really excited to see it. I've only seen the trailer myself. I will give you a little taster of the trailer. It's not completely in Irish, but there are a large portion of it is in, in, in Irish language. But um, loads of it was shot in County Meath. And uh, it's really exciting. They used lots of areas in Trim. And uh, there, I think Liz Mullen National School in Navin makes an appearance as well. So uh, this movie, by the way, has picked up seven. It was a nominated for um, ten IFTA nominations. It picked up seven and it's just winning awards all over the place. It's a really incredible uh, film called On Colleen Kuhn. We're going to be chatting about that in the second half of the show. Also in the first half, we're going to be meeting uh, presenter Emer O'Neill. I had a great chat with her as well about, you know, uh, girls and sport and this is something that I've come back to a couple of times during the uh, last couple of weeks um, because statistically girls are dropping out of sport for a variety of different reasons but this great new series it's on on Tuesdays and Thursday nights it's called Keep It Up and it follows nine teenagers as they uh, teenage girls so some have done sport before and dropped out some have never done sport they start um, off with basketball I think and they we kind of follow their progress as the series goes on so Emer's going to chat all about the series and about some of the reasons why the girls decided not to pursue sport or gave up sport and it's really really interesting Um, so we'll be chatting with her uh, in the the next little while but something that caught my attention this morning and already it's sparking a bit of a conversation on LMFM's Facebook page if you want to join in it's over there on that I want you to picture the scene right you're heading off for your hair appointment and instead of the usual chit chat, you know, about family, are you going on holidays? How's work going? You know, essentially what you do is you, you go in and you tell them, right, well, I'd like a wash, cut and blow dry or just a wash and blow dry. And then. Nothing. Silence. For the rest of the appointment. All you'll hear is the sound of the hairdryer or whatever else. This is a new phenomenon. It's hitting the beauty market and it uh, kind of started sort of quietly, I think, last year when the salons opened up again after the pandemic. There was an option uh, for clients to request a silent appointment in a salon or spa. So it's no talking haircuts. Uh, They're becoming a lot more common apparently now. And some salons are even kind of saying, uh, you know, before you arrive. So they have kind of pre-treatment questionnaires asking whether you would like the silent treatment or not. Now, Hive Salon in Castleknock in Dublin 
started this off last year uh, just when the salons are reopening after lockdown so that there would be no pressure for anyone who wanted just a bit of peace and quiet. Uh, They said um, silent appointments, they're not for everybody uh, so customers can select this option when they make a booking if they need to. And the owner of of Hive Salon, uh, Hannah Kenny, said they wanted to make their premises as welcoming as possible for people who were sort of anxious kind of coming back out and about and just wanted an hour to themselves, maybe not talking about the pandemic or negative news. Now that I get, okay, you don't want to be chatting away about, you know, things that are negative going on in the world. But I don't know, a silent appointment when you're getting your hair done, how would I do it? I'd never, I wouldn't last. You know what I mean? I'm a chatterbox. That's just who I am. And my poor hairdresser is probably praying that I do take the silent experience option. But no, that's not happening. I am chit-chatting away as I'm having my coffee, as she's cutting the hair. And, you know, I'm probably boring her to tears, but she's like, she's loving, you know, she's loving it because she's uh, taking, you know, she's she's great at customer service. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm wondering, people, what do you think about this? Would you prefer to go into your hairdressers and just have the sound of silence or would you be a little bit kind of awkward like me? Would you want to fill the silence with mindless chatter? Let me know 086-1800-658. Would you prefer the silent treatment in your hairdresser? There's Kim Cairns, Betty Davis eyes on LMFM's 11 to 1. I saw this yesterday when I was finishing up the show and didn't get a chance to mention it. And um, it's quite a cool thing. I really think this is fantastic. It's all to do with the front man of the House Martins. Yeah. And what did he do? Well, yesterday he was turning 60 and it really was happy hour again for people because he uh, in Ireland and the UK, he... Uh, basically put uh, some I suppose a tab or something behind the bar for people to celebrate um, and raise a glass to him on his birthday it is uh, it's fantastic and somebody messaged it in to me yesterday but I only I only copped onto it there at the end of the show it's Paul uh, Heaton the former House Martins and Beautiful South artist um, so he announced this on Saturday that he was going to be put money behind uh, 60 bars in Ireland and the UK uh, in lieu of his intended tour so he was supposed to be on tour uh, to celebrate his 60th birthday but uh, it was all sorts of delays and everything because of the pandemic so he said the next best way to celebrate the this coming of age is to handpick 60 pubs across the UK and Ireland put a given amount of money behind the bar of each one and bring people together on the day and uh, you know raise a glass and all the rest of it I thought that was brilliant and loads of people have been sort of tweeting about this Fortunately, there's been none around the the northeast neck of the woods. I think they're dotted all around the country, like there was one in Tipperary and Dublin, whatever else. Um, but really nice, a nice gesture from uh, the wonderful uh, Paul on his 60th birthday today. Happy hour again, indeed, and happy birthday to him celebrating his 60th birthday yesterday. Our main topic today uh, that we are going to be talking about uh, throughout the show is would you prefer the silent treatment in the hairdressers and you're getting in touch with me. I'm going to get to some of your messages just after these. 11 to 1. It's a new phenomenon. It started off when the salons reopened after the heavy lockdown period, but it seems to be catching on even in the UK as well. I saw uh, different salons that are doing it. It is the silent treatment. So when you go and have your hair appointment and barbers are doing this as well, it's not just hairdressers. You have the option of staying completely silent during the process. Is it something that you would be uh, delighted for? Would you like just the peace and quiet and not have to do the kind of mindless chit chat or are you like me a chatterbox who loves the chats you know also I'd love to hear from hairdressers on this hairdressers are you sick of us all prattling on are you going anywhere for your holidays <laughs> isn't that the question that everyone asks you are you sick of us are you sick of us talking would you prefer if your client stayed silent 086 there's Anne-Marie and Niall Horan with Everywhere. It is happening everywhere in salons all around Ireland and even across the pond in the UK. Requests for no talking haircuts are becoming more common, not just in the hairdressers, but in the barbers as well. And this all kick started last year and you're getting in touch with me. How do you feel about this? Would you prefer 
a non-talking hair appointment. Caroline Doherty on Facebook says, I don't mind about the hairdressers, but I politely ask not to have a conversation during a spa session. It's always nice to relax and have some quiet time when you're at the spa. I always speak plenty after the session, she says. Now, you see, I'm with Caroline on this one. You know, if you're going in now for a facial or a nice massage, minimal talking, minimal talking there, you know, talk a little bit at the start of the treatment, what you're going to do, blah, 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 what products you're using, lovely. And then at the end, don't talk to me during it. You know what I mean? Unless you have a very pertinent question that needs answering. I'm I'm in the zone of relaxation there. But the hairdressers, different kettle of fish completely, I feel. I am all about the chats and I, I have a hairdresser that I go to, you know, um, it's the, the same girl that I go to, you know, as well, that I've been going to for, for a while. So I kind of feel like I'm her friend. She's probably going, <laughs> you're not my friend. But, you know, we chat, we do chat and it seems easy going enough. Chat, there's nothing kind of forced about it. Now, don't get me wrong, there might be a lull in conversation here and there. But I even chat to the other hairdressers, goodness, other people say, I'm a menace in the hairdressers. They're probably saying, would this one ever be quiet? Wondering what you feel about this. Um, uh, somebody else here on Facebook saying, yes, I would love if they didn't talk to me. I would just love the bit of peace and quiet. Um, somebody else saying, definitely not. I, 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 I wouldn't like the silent haircut. Um, Caroline in Beliver says, now Sinead, Instead of wearing a mask into the hairdressers, you'll have to wear a gag. No, thanks. I'd have to let my hair grow long now. I wouldn't be up for that at all, says Caroline. Uh, so no gossip about your neighbour inviting the postman for a coffee, Sinead. So somebody else. This is Alfie. Yeah, you see, well, you see, the gossipy part of it as well, right? So... There was another issue that happened in hairdressers, uh, particularly where, you know, we had a lot of these celebrity magazines that were in uh, hairdressers and you'd be flicking through and you'd be like, oh, look at her and look at him and and you'd be adding and it'd be negative, be nasty kind of commentary. So a lot of the salons have gotten rid of those magazines to get rid of all of that chat, which I can understand as well. Um, So no negative chat. You know, when I go in, I'm kind of you know, try and be upbeat, my usual self, talk the ear off everyone. I definitely would not like a silent haircut. Wondering what you think about it. Also would love to hear from hairdressers. You know, what do you think of this? Is it a good idea for the customer? Let us know. 086 1800 658. There's you two stuck in a moment. Lots of you getting in touch about the hairdressers. I want to also hear from the barbers and the men as well. Do you just go in and just, you know, say what you want and stay silent for the rest of the haircut or do you like having the chats at the barber? Let us know 86 658 Now moving on slightly because this is an issue that we've uh, tackled I suppose on the show quite a bit and it's to do with girls and not staying in sport and there's a variety of different reasons for why they give up sport. But now a brand new RTE series is going to tackle this issue. They bring together nine teenage girls who've either given up sport or never played and we follow their journeys as individuals and as a team both on and off the court it's called Keep It Up and it's hosted by the brilliant Emer O'Neill we're going to join her just after these 11 to 1 You throw like a girl you hit like a girl girls can't play sport these are just some of the ridiculous statements that we've heard and unfortunately some girls like me believed that these statements were true and so I never really got involved in sport. We are well aware that teenage girls particularly give up sport because they feel excluded but now a new RTE series is tackling this issue bringing together nine teenage girls who've either given up sport or never played. We follow their journeys as they uh, as individuals and as a team both on and off the basketball court. The series is called Keep It Up. It started last Tuesday. It's on Tuesdays and Thursday nights and it's hosted by a lady that I really admire. She's a teacher, presenter, author, human rights advocate. I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Emer O'Neill. How are you doing, Emer? Hello and thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, do you know, I, I myself and my son read your book a lot. <laughs> he absolutely oh, loves stop. it. Yeah, really? really, really loves it and identifies like so much with it because he's kind of uh, going through that awkward stage. He's just started school and he's gone through that awkward stage of not kind of fitting in and belonging and kind of had, you know, a little bit of hassle here and there. So he just loves yeah. the book. He really does. So Aww. I'm delighted to chat to you on the programme today. Now, you know, I was one of those girls 
girls who at a young age heard um, I can really I can remember this so clearly I was at a summer camp and we were doing football and um, I was lining up to take I think it was like penalties and I heard this group of boys sniggering behind me when I went to try and kind of score the goal and of course I missed the shot and they gleefully sort of started shouting you know girls shouldn't play football and I think I was only about nine or so and it just really affected me and stayed with me so much so that I kind of put it into all aspects of sports that I couldn't play any sport and therefore was never really kind of any good at it. Like, I mean, stuff like this really stays with people. Oh, it's crazy to hear you say that. And actually, over the course of the show coming out, um, I've talked to so many women um, that said they seen the episode and they just related so much they were like that's literally me like but 30 odd years ago and it's crazy that like 30 years later girls are still feeling that same way and still hearing those kind of comments like girls can't throw girls can't catch um and it's so surprising but like that 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 incident that happened to you like it happened in formative years and so it 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 really changed your whole outlook on sport and your relationship with it and your confidence in your own abilities. And that ultimately is what happens. I mean, at the end of the day, as a girl, you can only hear so many times that you suck and that you can't do things before you start believing it yourself. You know what I mean? And like that transition, I think, from primary into secondary, there's so much going on. You know, your body is changing in so many different ways. You, you start to feel insecure in yourself and your and your your body confidence can be low sometimes, you know. And so hearing those kind of negative words, it will stay with you. And, and ultimately what you see is further down the line, you know, you, you end up with women that don't play sport and, and actually have haven't, you know, in, in kind of their lifetime because they have always just believed that they're not good at it. And that's the thing. The girls, the nine girls that I have on the show, they 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 speak so candidly, which is is just amazing because it's so important for us to be able to hear this from their mouth, you know, firsthand information as to what is going on with our Irish girls and why they're dropping out of sport and why they feel like they're not good enough. And and that's the, the biggest thing. It's you know letting people down. They're afraid to let people down. Mm. Afraid to not be good at something or to not be good enough um, and then just their insecurities in themselves and what do they look like when they're running and you know just feeling uncomfortable and I suppose for the girls my biggest thing I don't obviously I'm not trying to you know in two weeks change um, their mindset in terms of like oh I'm going to go and play professionally now or anything like that you know but it's more so about helping them to find something that they can feel good doing and have confidence in themselves and their ability and you know when it comes to PE in schools you know because of lack of facilities or equipment or whatever and just numbers in general like as a PE teacher like you you tend to go to the team sports whereas girls veer more towards individual sports um, oh, based really on research. Okay. Yeah, and it's because of that, like, you know, you can push yourself as hard as you want. You're not letting anybody else down. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like your own journey and your relationship with whatever it is that you're doing. So generally, girls are more inclined to like things like swimming, karate, mm-hmm. dance, pilates, walking, hiking, biking. And you don't really do those things in school. So they're missing out. So within the camp, what we really tried to do was open them up to a variety of different things and, and try and bring in as much individual stuff as possible. Because, yes, you may not like football. You may not like basketball. You may not like the competitive nature that comes with that or the, you know, aggressive contact sport. But, like, we did ab sailing. So oh. the girls ab sailed, yeah, down the side of a cliff, um, you know, and had never done none of them had ever done anything like that and some of them were like this is this is me this is my thing oh my god I love this you know and it's just that moment where you're like brilliant like they're you're connecting with something. them yeah, yeah. And, and also like that's a sport you know and yeah. that's a way to get out and get active you know and um like also to listening to stories, you know, like one of the girls had a, a really tough time at a, a, a football a soccer um, team that she was at a club and the thing is, right, it, it doesn't necessarily, just because you have an, a bad experience in one club, it could be the case that maybe the girls on the team, you know, they're just not, 
your kind of people mm. or the coaching style isn't your style. Like, we do need to push our girls and say, okay, well, that was a bad experience. Well, let's try somewhere else. Let's try a different club before we completely write the whole sport off, you know? And as you say, and that I, that's so common. That happens, like, just what you've said there, that happens so, so much. I've spoken to, mm. to girls on, the, there's a great um, a number of uh, GAA clubs around this area and rugby clubs around this area that, uh, you know, do specific days, uh, you know, like give it a try days for girls yeah. and things like that. And they all kind of say that sort of thing that people have kind of, you know, uh, left the club because of different experiences. And and I think some of the issues that you're bringing up there are really, really interesting. So you've got nine girls, all very, very different uh, that very are taking different. part in this. And, and it's such a great idea for a series, Keep It Up. Uh, it's fantastic. Mm. So tell us a little bit about the girls then, because as I mentioned there, they're all extremely different, aren't they? Yeah, so we tried to choose very girls that were very different in different ways um, and uh, and abilities. And so some of the girls have played sport before and have dropped out and then others haven't played sport at all. And they're just like, no, I'm not sporty. So it's a nice group. But and the whole show between cast, crew, you know, I'm talking about everything, everybody there, all female. All female, and it's the first time I've ever worked on a production like that where everybody was female, and and it's just it created this really nice safe environment, and that's what we wanted to do to give them a, a chance to be able to fail and and feel okay to fail, feel safe enough to fail, and to learn and and experience success. You know, but the girls are so bubbly, like you know, and just so much fun, and like at the beginning they were all complete strangers, and by the yeah. end of the camp they were like bevies, you know what Aww. I mean? And like they have a WhatsApp group, like they, they meet up, they've been hanging out and like parents, the feedback has been like literally best experience of their life, like Aww, an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. Um, and, and from what I've been told, of the nine girls, six girls actually returned to sport. Oh, and that is just job done. amazing. Amazing, right. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's about, like. Yeah, and it really is. And you know, one of the things as well that you, that came up with the girls, and I think this is really interesting too, because a lot of the time when girls are playing sport, and I have heard this on sidelines as well, you know, mm-hmm. the, it's more comments on how they look as opposed to their amazing yeah. ability. So stuff like oh, yeah. state of her and her fake tan or what's she wearing makeup on the field. That, that came up as exactly. well, didn't it? It did, and we have, see, this is the thing, we have loads of really amazing guest speakers that come in. Mm. So we had Valerie Mulcahy was on the episode um, last night, and, you know, she talked about feeling confident on, on the pitch, but, like, that, it, you know, really and truly that she inside wasn't that confident in herself and working on that and working on feeling accepted and stuff, you know, and the girls could really relate. Um, and then we had um, the the maker of Queen Bee Athletics, and she spoke really honestly about her experiences she's an avid rower and she said like I would always feel so uncomfortable in my clothing like I'd be thinking who are these actually made for and who makes these like this isn't actually made for a woman's body so she took upon herself to start her own clothing line like women's clothes made by women for women you know and and again she she said because one of the girls expressed that like she'd been you know body shamed you know stuff like that like that from the sidelines or whatever and she just said you know what at the end of the day, the people that are going to shame you and comment on your body, they're the ones with the problem, not yeah. you. And it's just so amazing for the girls to see these strong women um, come on and, and chat. So, like, next week, I think we're going to have um, Stephanie Roach come. Oh, brilliant. And it's just, you know, because, like, people like her um, and the others that have come on, they're breaking ba- down ba- mm. boundaries, you know? Like, she's commentating on, on sports now. You see her on TV. And I'm just so proud every time I see her because, Technically, that, that's always been traditionally a man's world. Yeah, yep. seeing a female comment on sport has just kind of not really been a thing. So, you know, showing the girls that like people like her and others are paving the way for you guys. You know, take your opportunities, take your chances. Um, and we have we have um, three women. They were the first ever women to compete in an All Ireland Ladies Final ever, and it was because Amazing. they were sick. You know, they were tra- training and playing matches, but they never had any opportunity. Like amended in terms of going to Croke Park and having a final and stuff so they they fought for it and they got it and they were the first women ever to have like a plaque that was actually for women and fine and actual finals um and you know again like I remember Cody was one of the girls she actually used to play Gaelic and she quit 
And I remember after the ladies had left, she just said to me, like, there they are. Like, the reason why I can play Gaelic and go to finals and stuff is because of them. Like, they fought for that. And here I am just giving up the sport for no real reason. Yeah. It, and it really, it really inspired her to, like, get back into it. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, that's, that's it's fantastic. It's fab. Like, it is fab. And I think it's something that we need to hear. The statistics that we talk about in the show as well, they're, they're based on Irish girls. Okay. So it's not like we're taking statistics from, you know, elsewhere. Our Sports Ireland did this research and it came back with all of these results, uh, it, like which are the fact that they're afraid to let people down, they're uncomfortable about their bodies, you know, and uh, they're, you know, af- afraid of not being good enough, all of those things. And there are Irish girls, but we got to listen to them and we need we to do. make sure we do something about it, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, this- Tuesday, Thursday, 5 p.m., RTE2, and catch up on the RTE player if you've missed the last two episodes it's a good watch and it's had really good feedback and I I just I want the girls to be celebrated because they did such an amazing job really and truly yeah celebrated they will be Emer. I think it's fantastic I think all teenagers should definitely watch this teenage girls particularly should watch this show as well Emer, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you I think it's a great idea thank you so so much for joining me today thanks for having me on really appreciate it thank you Keep it up. It's on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 or T2 and catch up on the RTE player. I have to also mention as well the same but different. That's Emer's book. That's really lovely. It's a children's book as well. Um, if you want to check that out, I just had to mention that on the show as well. I mean, I am getting some messages. I'll get to those just after these. 11 to 1. Some messages just a lot about our last piece there with Emer O'Neill. Lynn is saying, love this. Teenage girls are being put down instead of being raised up. They are not less than, they are more than. Is this lady on Facebook so we can share? Well, she's actually on Instagram and she asked me just to give out her Instagram handle. So she's Emer O'Neill 14 on Instagram. I'm following her as well on Instagram and what I'll do is I'll uh, share the link on my own Instagram there. If you're following me there as well, you can can find her. But Emer O'Neill, she has to be on Facebook as well, I'm sure. You'll, you'll find her there um, somebody else also saying on WhatsApp uh, this is from Mel Hi Sinead I had the same problem in primary school in England I played football at school and nobody would pass the ball to me because I was a girl but when I grew up I showed them I ended up playing for Arsenal ladies and Crystal Palace ladies got plenty of trophies unfortunately cannot play now due, due to bad knees I still have the passion for playing football Mel what an amazing person you are. Oh my God. To still keep going and, and not let that get you down is amazing. And the incredible achievements that you've had in your sporting career. Thank you so much for that message and for sharing. Uh, this is exactly the kind of thing that we want to hear. We really do. Uh, do check it out. Tuesdays, it's on tonight. And uh, Thursdays, 5pm on RTE2. Keep it up, it's called. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Going back to the year 1994 and on this day, Nelson Mandela was sworn in as South Africa's first black president. Also on this day, Barbara Streisand begins her first concert tour in 30 years at the time in Maryland. And today is World Lupus Day. It was created by Lupus Canada in 2004 to raise awareness of this little known disease and the devastating effects it can have on sufferers. So things like being bothered by sunlight, covered in a rash, suffering from fatigue, having mouth sores, dealing with kidney and joint problems, as well as hair loss. These are all symptoms that people living with lupus uh, have to deal with every day. So it's World Lupus Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. There's the thrills on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching, but after that, on Colleen Kuhn, it's an award-winning Irish language film shot in County Mead. I meet the husband and wife team behind the film. Plus, we get back to discussion about the silent treatment at the hairdressers. That's all to come. 11 to 1. On LMFM's 11 to 1, Sinead Brazel here with you. Welcome along if you're just joining us. We have been chatting this morning about a new phenomenon. It's hitting the beauty market and it's kind of happened really since 
the uh, pandemic and particularly when the heavy lockdown lifted last year and uh, people were kind of going back to salons again and it was to do with the silent treatment we're calling it or the silent experience or there's the silent chair it's called as well in uh, the hairdresser so instead of going in and chatting the year off your hairdresser if you'd prefer to sit in silence you can have the option of doing this and uh, some salons will even go as far as kind of asking you would you prefer sort of a no chat scenario when you're getting your hair cut and um, a lot of uh, salons I'm actually was doing a little bit of searching there during the news it's happening in America as well so it's happening everywhere all over the place but it's happening in Ireland kind of now more regularly and I'm asking what your views are on this as you can probably guess I love an L chinwag with the hairdresser she probably would prefer I was silent but you know <laughs> she knows me so well by now we do chat we do chit chat about things so you're not going to really have a silent hairdressing experience. If I'm coming in and I'm silent, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, people getting in touch about this. Sinead, definitely chat. Uh, wouldn't like the silent treatment. Next, they'll want us to not say hello to the supermarket checkout staff, says one message on 86 658 Maureen says, I don't like to talk too much to whoever's cutting my hair in case they get distracted and make a hames of it. Maureen Maureen you obviously don't go to the same regular girl in the hairdressers or guy or whatever Um, you know there's yeah and that's a whole other thing isn't it you know finding kind of the right hairdresser for you that can be a bit of a minefield as well thank you so much for that also uh, this is coming in on 0861800658 from Cindy she says yes the quiet chair a hairdresser will do a better job uh, she feels customers should be given the option on this Uh, Also coming in on text, Sinead, I'm a hairdresser over 20 years and by now I know which clients like a chat and which don't uh, like to say too much. You have to be able to read their humour. Yes, I do love a natter. It makes the time go quicker, says this particular hairdresser. Uh, This is coming in from Mandy. Sinead, I hate the small talk. I'm no good at it. So I really would prefer a silent haircut, says Mandy, but I don't really you know, have that experience often. Oh, yeah, you see, are you kind of, are you nervous about kind of saying, sorry, could we not talk? I mean, like, (laughs) the awkwardness of that alone. I hear you, Mandy, I know what you're saying. Uh, Frank has been on and he says, Sinead, I would chat a bit to my regular barber. I'm going to the same fella for about 10 years now, every two weeks or so. Every two weeks, Frank, mother of God, how fast is your hair growing? Uh, My haircut doesn't take too much uh, longer than 20 minutes, so there's not much to chat about in that time. So Frank, thank you for that one, Frank. Um, This is another one coming in from a hairdresser. Sinead, and older customers definitely like a chat. For a lot of them, it's their only outing in the week as they still are nervous about the pandemic. So it's just a bit of a mixed bag on this. Keep your opinions on this coming in. Would you prefer the silent treatment when you're in the hairdressers? 086-1800-658. Now time to check in with the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. Hi, I'm Louise. We might have a new song of the summer on our hands. KSI and SX have teamed up for a new tune. It's called Locked Out and it's going to be big. Take a listen. I get locked out of your love again. Cairo say they were devastated to have to cancel the final date of their US tour because of illness. The Scottish rock band said they were looking forward to playing at the Belasco Theatre in Los Angeles last night and have promised to make it up to fans. They previously had to postpone their European tour dates twice because of Covid. Fans have had a first glimpse of the long-awaited second Avatar film. A teaser trailer has been released for Avatar The Way of Water, which shows some of the characters flying across the ocean. The movie, set more than a decade after the events of the first film, will tell the story of the Sully family. It'll be out in cinemas in December. I know one thing. Wherever we go... That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. With thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go.
Yeah, I'm intrigued about the new Avatar movie. I, a lot of people had mixed feelings about it, the, the original that came out in 2009. I enjoyed it. I'll be looking forward to that one. We are going to be talking movies shortly because I'm going to be meeting the husband and wife team uh, director and writer Colin Barade and his wife producer Cleona Crowley who uh, have created this amazing movie. It's called On Colleen Kuhn. I'm going to give you a taster of the trailer as well. But first, let's have more music. Here's Natalie and Brulia. An Irish language film that was shot on location in County Meath is receiving critical acclaim at home and abroad and it has made history as the first Irish language film to premiere at the Berlin Film Festival. Picked up two awards there. It was then nominated for a whopping 11 IFTAs, picking up seven. Even prior to its release, um, this Irish film became one of the most lauded films in recent times. On Colleen Kuhn, it's adapted from a short story by Claire Keegan and it centres on a shy nine-year-old girl named Coit, who's brought into a pretty dreadful family. However, when she's sent to spend the summer with her aunt, she starts to come out of her shell. On Colleen Kuhn is being shown in Arc Cinema in Navin and Cinemas Nationwide from Thursday. And a little earlier on, I caught up with the husband and wife team behind this, writer and director Colin Barade, and also his wife uh, and producer, Cleona Nicruli. And uh, I started off by asking them about, you know, all of these awards that must be fantastic to achieve all of this uh, particularly for an Irish language film Yeah I suppose our, our feet have barely touched the ground really you know this past few months uh, it all started with Berlin getting selected for Berlin Film Festival at the end of last year and you know going over there and then winning winning two awards over there and and then of course we opened the Dublin Film Festival in February which was a huge honour you know it was the first time an Irish language film had been selected for to open the festival and then we got the, the great news that we were nominated for 10 IFTAs, which was just extraordinary, you know? Like, there was, there was, there was a point with Seth and Colin had talked before about, you know, we mightn't even be at the IFTAs. So then, like, to get 10 nominations and go on to win seven was just, yeah, just incredible, really. So we're, it's just exceeded our expectations, really, how, how well the film has, has done so far. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned there as well, you know, it's it's made history as the first Irish language film to premiere at the Berlin Film Festival, winning, as you said, the Grand Prix of the Generation Plus International Jury for Best Film along the way. Like, I mean, you know, that has to be a really astounding. You're, you know, you're presenting an Irish language film here amongst world cinema and to see it so, so well received. I mean, there's hope yet for the Irish language. People are saying it's dying out. It's It's definitely not dying out when you see this. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, even just to have been selected for Berlin was was an award in itself. So to to come back and then be told we had won an award and then go over and realise we'd won two awards was just mind blowing, really. Yeah, so it's it's amazing that the um, you know an Irish language film has been recognised, uh, you know, on the international circuit. And you know, Berlin is one of the top film festivals in the world. It's one of the top three in Europe. So um, it's it's really amazing, you know, that. Um, these Irish language films are now traveling the world and international audiences are watching these films, you know, in, in our native language, in a language they've probably never heard before. Yeah, and I mean, it is. it is. It's a beautiful language. It really is. And I, I want to bring Colm in there, beside you there. Um, Colm, writer and director of this movie, this is your, your debut film. I mean, you've worked so much in drama and, and in TV, but, you know, this this it's a, it's a tough act to follow then when you get all these awards for your debut film. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a difficult second album syndrome, I think, <laughs> after this. But um, yeah, we're just, at the moment, we're just enjoying... We're enjoying the the whirlwind um, of the last few months, you know, and yeah. and obviously with the film coming out now on this Thursday, uh, really hoping that an audience, you know, Irish audiences will will get to see it and, and kind of connect with the film. Um, and I guess you know some people might be familiar with the the source material because the film is actually an adaptation. Yes. Of uh, a wonderful, um, it's a, it's a short story really, uh, or kind of a long short story called Foster by by Claire Keegan. Um, which some people may remember from their Leaving Cert syllabus. Um, and yeah, I read that, 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 that story in 2018 and I just fell head over heels in love with it. Uh, I was crying by the end of it reading yeah. it. And, um, I just, I just believed that there was a film in there, you know, um, uh, I, I, I kind of see a film sort of taking shape in, in my head, like as I was reading it. 
And also, I could see how you could very easily, you know, it's not an Irish language book, it's no. an English language book. I could see how you could very easily sort of transplant this to an Irish language setting uh, without skipping a beat, you know, that mm. it would feel very organic and that, that Irish audiences would, uh, would buy into it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this, uh, it's no easy feat adapting somebody else's work. And as you say, you know, it is it is a long, short story, but you obviously had to add in a lot to it because, you know, it's, um, there, there's, there's you know, you'd have to expand it. You, you know, what was the writing process like? Um, was it difficult to adapt or did you enjoy the process? Um, I loved it, yeah. I mean, I was, as you say, I was very aware as I was reading it, okay, I could see it was like two-thirds of, of a film, you know, because it's a feature. Our film is, you know, 95 minutes or whatever. Um, you know, it's, pro, it's a full-length feature film. Um, but I, in order to achieve that, I did I did realize quite early on that I would have to sort of invent a kind of an opening act for the film, you know. Mm. Um, but it was great in that Claire Keegan had sort of left these little breadcrumbs, I felt, like throughout the, the story, where the girl, uh, the main character is a young girl, and the whole story is told through her eyes, you know, um, where she, she kind of mentions little things from her past. So I was kind of seizing on all those little morsels and expanding those into sequences or scenes that, that form the sort of opening 10 or 15 minutes of the, of the film and that, that give you an insight into her, her own biological family and where she's coming from before she goes away for this fateful summer to, to stay with them. With these distant relatives, the Kinsleys. Yeah, because you know, as you say, it centres on this nine-year-old girl uh, called Kate. She has a very difficult life. It's kind of set around the the eighties as well, isn't it? Uh, in, in Ireland, tell us a little bit more about the plot and about Kate. Um. Well, I mean, this is the, this is in one way the beauty of the film is that the the plot is so simple. It's it's as you say, it's about a young girl, Kate, uh, nine years of age, who comes from this sort of dysfunctional uh, farming family. And it's overcrowded, and her mum is pregnant now again, and her her father and her mother, their relationship seems just kind of broken, and um, and she she gets sent away uh, for the summer, as many children were in mm. in, in times gone past in Ireland, uh, to live with these people she's never met before, and just to sort of the fam- the family are just a little bit in a, in a way sick of her, like they're just they're, they're they're trying to make a bit of room in the house and all that, so she gets sent off and. Um, and then the the film becomes uh, a sort of an examination of of the relationship that develops between this young girl and this, this slightly older couple who live alone uh, on another farm down in this Guelphus area in in Waterford. Um, and you know she sort of receives all the, the sort of affection and care there that she's not receiving at home. Um, but but in this house, this new house that she's in, where she's told there are no secrets, she does she does discover one painful truth by the end of the summer. Yes, and you can get a real sense for that. I mean, like as I as I mentioned there, from the trailer alone, this is like bring the tissues to the cinema. Like there's so much emotion going on here. C- can we bring Cleona back in? Because Cleona, tell me about Catherine Clint. She plays Cod because you know, as I say, I've just seen the trailer there, but the level of skill that this kid has is unreal. Where did you find her? <laughs> well, we actually um, we'd started searching for our young lead in Munster because the. The story is set in online in Waterford, so we're looking for a young person with uh, Munster Irish, so that's why we focused there. But then we decided to extend our search to Dublin and beyond, and we had set up a few days of auditions in Dublin, and we had a lot of people lined up to see, and then COVID hit, so we had to cancel our auditions. But thankfully, we had all the contacts from the, from the auditions, and we asked those young girls to send in audition tapes. So one of those tapes was young Captain Clinch from Rathmines in Dublin. Um, I suppose it took us maybe seven months really to find her because we started wow, okay. searching in, in October 2019 and her, her self-tape came in in May 2020. And yeah, I just remember it coming in and being blown away by it and ringing Colin straight away and saying, oh my gosh, I think I think we, we, we might have found our coach. You know, she was just incredible in that original self-tape just so composed and um you know her performance was just really understated and yeah. just there was there was a huge you know she just brought emotional intelligence to it so um yeah we were just very very lucky i think to find her you know we're, it was such a relief really at the time i remember that you know we we finally found someone that we thought would be able to to carry the film because you know it's huge responsibility like yeah. she's in every scene in the film so it's a huge role um, 
so she was she was very busy. I can <laughs> imagine that. And, you know, and there's there's a lot going on. Huge adult themes going on in this as well. I mean, she's a, she's only what age is she in 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 real life? What age is she? She's twelve now. Okay, she was, she was eleven at the time we were filming. So still quite young, you know. Uh, so how did you sort of direct her then, Colm? Like, how did you sort of, I suppose, each scene? Did you just break it down for her each part, or was it was she well able for it? Um, that's kind of the surprising thing, and I mean, I think her mum helped as well. Her mum was was brilliant in terms of uh, you know preparatory work with with Catherine, but. Um, yeah, so like we would discuss the scenes, and we would, you know, it was, there was nothing like we weren't hiding anything when yeah. we were having those discussions. It was all quite open, and um, well, I suppose the the beauty of the of the story is that it is a story that's told very much from this young person's point of view, and and the, the young person doesn't quite understand all these aspects of the adult world yet, you know. So that uh, the scenes rarely actually kind of really go there in terms of. Uh, in terms of uncovering anything that's, you know, very kind of beyond her years mm. or, you know. Um, so it's, I suppose on that front, it was, it was uh, we were still sort of, the, still, the film is still sort of truthful or, or kind of uh, keeping itself within her, you know, the worldview of someone around her age anyway, you know. Yeah, I understand, um, yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, the, the bottom line is that she, as Keona said, she just has this extraordinary emotional intelligence, and she's so she's this huge well of empathy, you know, towards towards the character she was playing, and and she just understood, she really understood everything that was going on, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's why she's able to inhabit the role so convincingly. Um, and I would say definitely watch this space. This this girl has a has a bright career. I'd say ahead of her absolutely. Um, and can we talk as well about the gorgeous Royal County? Uh, because you guys shot a lot of the movie in County Mead, which is amazing. Was that important to you as well to include like aspects of where you guys are from in the film? Yeah, well, I'm actually from Mead. I'm from uh, near Longwood, uh, County Mead, yeah, guilt place, uh, town on called Gilbertstown, and it was just really by chance that we ended up in Mead because we originally started looking for farmhouses in Wicklow and then you know we had exhausted a lot of locations you know we, we weren't really um, convinced by some of the locations that we had seen so we extended our search to Kildare and then we ended up in Mead and then we found one particular house which is it's the wake scene in the house and we thought wow that's, that's a great house you know and um, we could use that for a number of locations so we decided to kind of look hard then around that particular area, the scout, uh, for other locations. And actually, it's funny, I, I got in touch with a funeral director from Summerhill, uh, Willie Ryan, who was absolutely brilliant um, in, in just giving us tips and, uh, you know, leading us to houses, older farmhouses that, that could, could, could work, you know, period-style farmhouses. So it was actually through him that we found the house uh, Cautious house in the film, the old house, and then once we had settled on that location, we we really scouted hard then for for the the Kinsella house, which is kind of the main farmhouse in the film, and we just really fell on our feet that we 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 found a house. I was actually on Google Earth, kind of looking for all the old old farmhouses and that around that area, you know, and then we'd send our location scout out. And, you know, to cold call, you know, farmers and that and, and, and see what their houses were like inside. And we just really fell on our feet with the, 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 the Kinsella house because it was just, it was like something from the 1950s. It really oh, hadn't been changed nice. very much. But yeah, we did a lot of filming um, all around Mead. Then we ended up doing most of the film in Mead, except for the, the beach scene, which we filmed in, in Rush in County Dublin. Uh, but we filmed in Trim, you know, it was all like uh, around uh, the church there, the Catholic church in Trim. And um, where else did we film? We filmed at a jewellery shop and also around the sneaker hall there in Trim. And, you know, we, we did some filming in uh, Lismullen National School as well. Oh, here yeah. In Avon. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of the extras from the school to take part. Oh, I'd say great, great excitement, a film set arriving to school. <laughs> Fantastic. I'd imagine the excitement with the students there. So it's great to see all of the, the these uh, locations used in the movie. Um, so what is next for you guys? You know, husband and wife working together on a film set, a lot of stress, a lot of tension. You know what I mean? You guys are obviously still talking to each other, which is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> so, so what's next for you guys? 
Uh, well, we're we're hoping to make more more films, more feature films. Or um, we've gotten development funding from Screen Ireland for another project, and you know we've got a few other things kind of on our slate that we're we're developing. So yeah, you know, it's a, as as I think people know, it's a long process, like getting the mm. film off the ground. So it's a case of having to have multiple things sort of in development and on the go, and and then just. Uh, you know, pushing hard and, and hoping that we can build off the success of, of this film, you know, um, and kind of use that as our as our calling card. What a yeah, calling card it is, Colin. What a calling card it is. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're definitely, we're still talking to each other anyway, myself and Fiona. <laughs> uh, we actually, we met, we met working on like a TV program. So oh, we wow. both, our, our, di- our dynamic was always like a working relationship. So it's not unusual to us, but um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And it's such an adventure making a film and to do it with, the person you're closest to in life is uh it's just incredible you know it's it's kind of a big part of our our family album in a way. yeah absolutely it really is well i i'm really looking forward to to seeing this in cinemas it's hitting cinemas from thursday i wish you both continued success in your careers congratulations on the huge success of collie and kuhn thank you both so so much for joining me thanks very much Sinead. thanks Sinead. now just to give you a little taster of it here is the trailer for on colleen kuhn how long should they keep her? Till after the baby? She can't take keep her as long as they like. Well, ich erin galin so. Shasamach, go down to my splech a kartert. Can work her. She'll head you a house and home. Oh, don't we all eat in spurts? Same as we grow. We keep the child gladly. A yawn, ha, quite a dull, ha, boo. You can check it out. It's in cinemas from Thursday. I highly recommend you look at the full trailer or the trailer because it's just it's gorgeous looking and it'll give you an idea of what it's like. Of course, they have subtitles there as well uh, for people like myself that only have a little bit of Irish. But um, it, it really has to be seen on Colleen Kuhn out in cinemas May 12th. 11 to 1. There's Ronan Keating, loving each day on LMFM's 11 to 1. A few more messages coming in about the silent treatment at the hairdressers. We'll get to those just after these. 11 to 1. Just want to let people know National Volunteering Week kicks off in County Louth May 14th and there's an online exploring volunteering session that looks at all of the different volunteering roles available around the county. So that is going to be happening uh, throughout the week. So they have an in-person volunteer leadership seminar in Market House and Dunlear. That's Tuesday, May 17th and this is for any group that involves volunteers in their work to come together and celebrate the contribution of volunteers to the community. So it's also going to give groups the opportunity to network and discuss future plans and projects as well. So there's going to be lots of different things happening throughout the week for Volunteer Week. You'll find out more details from them on Loud Volunteer Centre social media. You can also give them a shout on 041-980-9008. OK, that's where you'll get them. Or info at volunteerloud.ie if you want more details. Earlier on, we were talking about hairdressing and this idea of the silent chair and you know going into the hairdressers and sort of not having chit chat which is an alien concept to me but we're asking what your views are on this would you prefer the silent treatment and um some more messages here. Sinead, as somebody who is quite an anxious person, particularly in social settings, I'm a big fan of the silent chair. Now my hairdressing appointment is something that I look forward to, says some one message there. Selena says, Sinead, my daughter cuts my hair, so there's absolutely no chance of us not chatting, says Selena. Uh, Muriel says, Sinead, definitely I have no time for mindless chit-chat. I'd prefer a quiet appointment. A few pleasantries, then get on with the job. I normally bring a book to read, says Muriel. Interesting. So a lot of different opinions on this. I look at I think I'm gonna still be annoying the head off my when I go to her in a couple of weeks it's I look forward to it I have a bit of a chat I do it's not I don't know if it's for me but I can understand the appeal thank you so much for all of your messages on that that is our lot on the show for today thanks to all of our guests and for your company as always we'll leave you with the bangles have a great day chat to you tomorrow 11 to 1 selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.